What's up, guys? Welcome back to Doghouse Politics. Guys, it's been several months, actually, since the last episode, and I want to go ahead and apologize at the start of the show. Since we last spent time together, since we were last together, since the last episode, uh, there's been a lot of things going on in my life. Um, my, my mother passed away, went through a, a nasty divorce. I don't need your sympathy. I'm just letting you know that's just what happened. Had some things going on, took some time off to try and take care of myself, regroup, figure out this whole single dad thing, uh, just figure out what the new normal looks like. And I'm getting there. We're getting back. Um, and for any of you, any of you listeners out there who've ever been through that, I sympathize with you. I feel for you. Um, I, I pray for people who have been through it every day. It's not fun, guys. It's not fun. Let me say this to, to uh, you married folks out there, and this is free. Take care of your marriage because when it falls apart, it's painful. I promise you. It hurts you. It hurts them. It hurts the kids. My kids have suffered so much. Uh, but hey, we're getting back. We're figuring out a new normal, figuring out what it looks like, being a uh, just trying to focus on being a good dad right now and trying to get back to some things that I enjoy. And, and spending time with you guys weekly is one of the things I enjoy. Doing this podcast is something I really enjoy. So what are we going to talk about this week? Jumping right back in, guys, if you've not been living under a rock, you've seen what's going on in Ukraine. We're going to spend a good bit of the show talking about that, and then we're going to give our take on what we think the State of the Union is going to look like tomorrow night and what we think it should look like. And then we're going to wrap up with something absolutely ridiculous, just like we always have. Hey, I appreciate you guys who are coming back. I really do. I want to remind you, go to Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's Doghouse Politics. On Twitter, it's just at Dog Politics. And just like always, make sure you go get a T-shirt. You'll hear that information in the ad here in just a second. So uh, we'll go to break. We'll let the ad play, and we'll jump right in, guys. Hey, guys, this is a Big Dog. I've changed the way you access the official store. Now you can go directly to doghousepolitics.com, and there's no navigation needed. It's going to take you directly to the store. Need you to go on there, pick out a patriotic T-shirt. If you enter the promo code TRUMP45, I'll take care of the shipping. I want to see everybody repping the show on social media. If you post pictures, make sure you tag me in it. I appreciate your support. I couldn't do it without you. Again, that's doghousepolitics.com. Get you a T-shirt. Can't wait to see you repping the show. So Ukraine, uh, you've all seen the news. If you if you haven't been living or hiding under a rock, you've seen exactly what's going on in Ukraine. It's on every major news network. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, all the major news networks are, are pretty much covering it fairly, uh, which is there's not really much room to spin this one. Vladimir Putin has is, is come unhinged. He's decided he just wants to take over sovereign countries. Regardless of what his belief is or how he feels about the Soviet Union falling, the fact is it fell, and he is nobody. He has no right to go try and put it back together and just start taking over sovereign nations. It's barbaric, it's unexcusable, and I hope that the international community punishes him in every single way they can. And I don't mean just by saying mean things about him and hurting his feelings. The international community needs to absolutely withdraw any any instance of financial support that the Russians get from them. And what do I mean by that? 
Four days ago, Dan Crenshaw, congressman from Texas, he tweeted this. We import 595,000 barrels of oil per day from Russia. Now, just to put that in perspective, a barrel's 42 gallons. The Keystone XL pipeline would have produced 830,000 barrels per day. Relying on Russian oil is a choice, and it's a stupid one. Now, look, we can talk about presidents and leadership styles all we want to. This country was energy independent under President Trump. The national average of uh, gas prices was $2.17 a gallon on January 19th, 2020. Now, something changed the very next day. I can't quite put my finger on it, but something changed the very next day. And now where do we pay in? The national average is, I think, three fifty nine. I think. I'm in Alabama and I'm paying three thirty nine a gallon right now. Now, what did change the next day? The very next day, President Biden's first executive order in his first day in office, as soon as he raised his hand and made a bunch of promises he had no intention to keep and to unite this country, to be a president for all people. He walks into the Capitol building and they have a slew of executive orders there for him to sign as they do for all presidents as soon as they take office. I mean, Marine One hadn't even landed at Mar-a-Lago yet for President Trump to get off of it before President Biden had shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. And he then signed a slew of executive orders that paved the way for the Russian pipeline that, that is funding this barbaric behavior that they're carrying out. And, and look, there are a good number of Russians who are not for this war. People have taken to the streets to oppose uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and his efforts to just overtake Ukraine. His own people. And they don't have a First Amendment in that country. Not that we really have one in this country, but they don't even have anything there to, to fall back on to protect their free speech. They're they're risking they're risking going to jail and having their their assets seized and everything, being arrested and, and prosecuted and persecuted for speaking out against their president. They're not for it. Our president should immediately, he should immediately reimpose the sanctions that will shut down the pipeline and make it very hard to operate. That's funding this war in Russia. And he should immediately reopen and reauthorize the Keystone XL pipeline. Guys, it's going to get to the point where people can't even afford to drive to work. But that's that's a little off topic. This is about Russia and Ukraine. Russia has no right to be doing what they're doing. No right. Now, what I do love and what is... It's got me so fired up. I love the fact that the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian people are fighting back. And before I get to why, let's talk about why we think, why I believe um, Russia is so intense, so, so intent on taking over Ukraine. Vladimir Putin has a pretty good hold on his people. 
What he cannot have, and, and, and they carry out all this misinformation on the media uh, to, to make the rest of us look bad. They're, they're, they're demonizing Ukrainian people, uh, saying they're using children as, as human shields, which is untrue, uh, to justify this war. But now I'm, I've got my issues with NATO, but NATO serves a purpose and has a role. Vladimir Putin cannot have NATO getting that close to his border, and Ukraine borders Russia. He could not have NATO getting that close to his borders to keep him in check. And 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 the other thing, he cannot he cannot stand for a westernized country like Ukraine that elects its leaders, that doesn't put them in jail for running against a sitting president. He cannot have them thriving economically. He cannot have word of that getting into the Russian people. Because I, th- I think Vladimir Putin is, is widely popular in his country, uh, if I'm not mistaken. They, they, they seem to love him there for the most part. But they really don't know any better. He's been in power for 22 years. They really don't know any better. And they have quote-unquote elections. Um, but as we saw in the last, in the last election... The person who ran against Vladimir Putin is now sitting in a Russian prison somewhere. He had to flee, and he wound up going back to the, his country knowing he was going to be arrested as soon as he stepped foot in Russia. But Vladimir Putin has, cannot have these countries that used to be part of the Soviet Union who have gotten out of the Soviet Union, and, and he cannot have them thriving. So what does he do? Well, Ukraine's doing just a little too good, and they're about to join NATO, and they're going to have the backing of the rest of the free world to protect them and their interests because in NATO, part of that agreement is if you attack one, you attack us all. So if you attack Poland, you attack Belarus, you attack United States, you attack France, you're going to have the rest of the world to to back them and and, and keep you from... uh, taking over their country, basically. And Ukraine was real close to being part of NATO. Vladimir Putin can't have that. So what's he do? He said, I'm going to take it over. Now, what I love, what I love, and I alluded to this a minute ago, I said I'd get back to it. Vladimir Putin took into account pure Russian uh, might. From the military perspective, he bumped it up against Ukraine from a military perspective, and it wasn't even close. So he calculated that he could he could take this risk. Now he prepared for a war. He moved blood mobiles and field hospitals to the to the border and everything. He anticipated a, a fight. I don't think what he anticipated is the Ukrainian citizens. Men and women from ages 18 all the way up, maybe even younger. Women. Ukrainian president, the, the mayor of Kiev. Taking up arms and fighting back for their homeland. I love it, guys. It, look, I, it's, it's likely that Vladimir Putin is probably going to win this thing. Because he has to. Because if he doesn't, he is going to be humiliated on the world stage. He's already, we're, we're five days in, and he thought this was going to be a simple thing. A couple days, hit him with everything you got in and out. 
We're five days in, and he still has not made a made up a lot of ground. I think he's probably going to get his way, but it's going to cost him way more than he intended to pay. Way more. In in military resources, the amount of money he's having to spend on it, the amount of lives he's going to lose, and the whole world is seeing, they're seeing basically a reenactment of the Revolutionary War. When... Ukrainian people are outgunned and outmanned from a military perspective. But their citizens are fighting for their homeland. Former Miss Ukraine has rejoined the the Ukrainian military and taken up arms. You got world heavyweight boxers saying, give me a gun. The mayor of Kiev, give me a gun. The president of Ukraine, give me a gun. Hundreds and thousands of Ukrainian men from of all ages, give me a gun. They've decided it's better to die on their feet than live on their knees. Now, as, as an American who loves my country that much, that's got me fired up. So, so Vladimir Putin's probably going to win here. But let's look, let's just let this message be sent out to any of our enemies. Don't you think that what he's getting away with in Ukraine will work in these United States? Because we don't need our government to issue us guns here. We got plenty of them, and we will fight back just the same. And you, Ronald Reagan, in his inaugural address, he had a quote that Vladimir Putin is getting a lesson in right now. I'm going to quote him. Above all, we must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. Now, he's talking about the people of these United States. Ukraine is giving Vladimir Putin a lesson in that right now, and he's getting taken to school. Now, I hope the Ukrainian people win this thing and survive this thing. And God bless them, and we have our prayers and support. Let this be a lesson to our enemies. You see what Ukraine's doing. The Ukrainian people are fighting back. If you think that the United States people and the the, the American people's will is not just as strong, and that we won't fight back just as hard, if not harder, and that we're not even more equipped and better equipped. You are sadly, sadly, sadly mistaken. And let this be a lesson to our government leaders and those who would say we need to disarm and citizens don't need AR-15s and 30-round magazines. What happens when they show up at our shores, at our borders? not a matter of need we have a right to protect our country our homeland our homes from a tyrannical government but also people who have who have bad intentions with the united states the fact that so many american citizens own firearms of all kinds in addition to our pure military strength is why I tuck my kids in at night and why you do the same 
and I lay down and I sleep peacefully because we are safe here. There are bad actors who pull, who carry out atrocities and walk into schools and then and put uh, put pressure cooker bombs in trash cans at the Boston Marathon. But what we 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 get these we get these individuals who carry out bad acts. But what we don't have to really worry about here is a military coming and invading our shores. Because we have enough people who love this country and are willing to fight for it, even if they're not in the military. You can rest assured you're safe at night, folks. Because of this, and I'm going to read it again. No weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It's a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. Ukrainian people are fighting back. The American people will and would fight back. So try enemies out there if you're listening. Don't get any ideas. F around and find out. I'm going to be clean. We're not going to use profanity, but that's it. If you have any intentions for the United States, F around and find out. So if this past week and, and even the past couple of months have taught us anything, it's that the entire world, not just the United States, the entire world needs the United States to have a strong leader. I would argue that the American president is the most influential person as far as world leaders go on the planet. Everybody kind of looks to the United States. And folks, let's face it, right now the United States does not have a strong leader at really any level of our federal government. And that's maybe one of the first times in history we've ever been able to say that. We have a president who appears weak, not just on policy, but if you just look at him. He doesn't come across as a strong leader. He doesn't walk like a strong leader. He doesn't talk like a strong leader. He doesn't sound like a strong leader. He doesn't have the policies of a strong leader. Nobody has any respect for him. Not on the world stage anyways. And look, guys, I don't want any misconceptions. I've said on this show before, I'm not a fan of this president. I did not vote for this president. I will not support this president in the next election. However, comma, he is my president. He is the president of the United States. Now, we can have a debate on legitimate president versus rightful president. I'll have that debate with you. I'll have that talk with you. Because I don't believe he's the rightful president, though he is the legitimate president. The Electoral College voted, as it were, as the Constitution states. And he was elected president of the United States. Now, we can talk about how the Electoral College came to that conclusion and whether or not there were issues in states with voting and yada, yada, yada. We've covered that. But he is the president of the United States. 
And as long as I'm an American, which is going to be for the rest of my life, because I'll never, ever give up on this country. Whoever is the president is my president. So I don't support the man's policies. I don't support his domestic policy. I don't support his foreign policy. But I do support him as my and our president. So that being said, this week, State of the Union, his first official State of the Union. Now, I suspect he's going to get a little better reception than President Trump got for his last State of the Union. You'll remember Speaker Nancy Pelosi famously tearing up his speech on national television in front of the entire world watching which was disgusting, by the way. Disgusting act by a disgusting human being. And maybe the worst speaker in the history of the House of Representatives and the United States. President Biden's going to get a warm reception tomorrow night. People will clap when they're supposed to clap and stand when they're supposed to stand and sit when they're supposed to sit. But he'll get a warm reception. Now, here's what I hope I hear. I hope I hear for the first time uh, since he's been in D.C. some strength and some command of the room and some actual plans to get something done. Now, he's got a a tall order. It's a big mountain to climb. He's walking into the State of the Union with a 37% approval rating. You or I don't remember the last time a president walked into any State of the Union with a 37% approval rating. Ever. 37 people, 37% of people believe this president is doing a good job. 37%. Meanwhile, at CPAC this past week, Donald Trump won a straw poll by, I think, 52 points. Let me tell you what else I want to see. Oh, and by the way, uh, right, right before the State of the Union, they've announced that they're lifting the mask mandate. So they finally figured out that that is—it's all stupid. The masks never worked, anyways. They never did anything to help prevent COVID or help stop the spread of COVID. They finally got it in D.C. and they're tired of wearing them too. But we need a full room. I mean, that room needs to be packed. There needs to be standing room only. They don't need to be wearing masks. The president needs to walk in and take command of the room. We're going to disagree on policies and the Republicans are not going to clap at certain things. But our government needs to look intact, especially right now. It's extremely important for our leaders to look strong and like they're on the same team. That doesn't mean they agree on everything, but we've got to project to the rest of the world especially right now in light of what's going on in Ukraine and around the world, that the United States government is intact. We have competent leadership. And that we are not to be messed with. Now, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it's what I hope happens. It's what I want to see happen. I encourage you. Listen. It's no secret I'm not a fan of this president. I wasn't a fan of President Obama. But I think as as Americans, it's important at times 
to put the fact that we're not a fan of our leaders aside and we just listen to our leaders. We listen to what they have to say. Now, we can give them heck as soon as they're done talking. But particularly at these key moments, these State of the Union addresses, when, when the president addresses the nation, it's important, guys, and I encourage you, let's just stop talking for a minute. Let's stop arguing for a minute. Let's stop fighting for a minute. And let's just listen what the man has to say. We can give him heck as soon as he's done talking, before he even walks out of the house chamber. We can give him heck as soon as he's done. But it's important right now that the United States and Americans and this country at least look somewhat unified. Just somewhat. So I'm encouraging you, I don't, if you don't have plans tomorrow night, set time aside. Look, teach your kids the responsibility of listening to our leaders. It is, I do not believe it is okay to not listen to a leader just because we don't like them. It's important, number one, let's listen to what he has to say. Not what Fox says about what he has to say. Not what CNN ha says about what he has to say. Not what big dog, or excuse me, doghouse politics has to say about what he has to say. Let's listen to the man, what he has to say. Then you can go do whatever research and you can form your own opinion. That's what I encourage you to do. Listen to what the man has to say and form your opinion based on that. But at least give the office of President of the United States the decency to sit and acknowledge his role and his place in his office and listen to what the man has to say. It's important right now, guys. The world is watching. With everything going on around the world, the world is watching the United States. Let's not skirt that responsibility. All right, guys, winding down. Uh, before we do, I just want to say how much fun I've had being back on a microphone this week. Been a long time coming. Uh, missed you guys. Missed all the listeners. I appreciate you guys coming back for those that are. And uh, for those that we've lost, I hate it. It's just a natural consequence of the way these things work. Before I go, let me just tell you guys the most ridiculous thing I've read on uh, social media this week. If you guys go out to, to the Blaze and look at the article they shared, um, in case of a nuclear attack, government advises face masks and social distancing in shelters. So our federal government is using their time to remind us that if there's a nuclear war, make sure you guys social distance and wear your face mask. That makes about as much sense as the people I see riding around in a car by themselves with a face mask. It just, the stupidity and the idiocracy and the things that they dish out to us, and we just take it, is absolutely ridiculous. And they think we're dumb, and they treat us like children, and it's and and it's insulting and, and defeating for them to even do that. But nonetheless, we digress. Hey, guys, it's been a fun week. Been great to be back on the mic. I appreciate you guys. Looking forward to the next episode. Make sure you go to doghousepolitics.com and get yourself a T-shirt. There's some new designs out there. Uh, say it like I always do, like I've ended every episode since we started. I want to say God bless you. God bless our troops. May bring them home safe. God bless America. 
And may God bless the President of the United States. This is the big dog. I'm out.